Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Fat Muscle Project podcast. I'm John Gorman, your host. We've got Jacob Klesens, registered dietitian in the house. Jacob, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. So this will be your first time on the podcast, but for those people listening, Jacob is going to be a regular, and we're going to talk a little bit about more about you in a minute. Um, Jason Wells had to step out. He's got to run his Midas locations, and that's just part of it. We talked about that on the last podcast. When you own businesses, sometimes you have to step out and you have to do the important things. So we're going to keep this thing cranking. Jacob, we've got four really good questions. And before we get to that, I do want to talk a little bit about you for people that don't know who you are. So right now you're sitting over in the fat muscle office. I'm here at my house and mm -hmm. little do people know you're sitting over there in 65 degree temperatures. I had to go <laughs> I'm, like, over here. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you could, you could, you could turn the air up. It's, it's okay. But we're in a brand new office and Jacob is really the guy that kind of runs the whole show. So I own the company, but Jacob's the one steering the ship pretty much day to day. You take care of shipping, you take care of basically everything. And it's, it's been a fun journey, but also the most important part of this, the reason why I want you on this podcast to answer a lot of questions as we do these Q and A's and talk about topics, you've been a registered dietitian since, let's see, July of 2020, right? Yeah, I passed my exam in 2020, and then later that month, I started working here with you guys. So Yeah, and you've also, you're an IPE pro, you're a natural pro, you've won pro shows, uh, pro men's physique, pro classic, like you've competed in all these different um, pro shows, and you've been competing since, what year did you start compete? Two, 2016 was my very first show, and I competed 16, 17, and 18 back to back and then took a little break off during 1920 and then competed all last, last fall. Yeah. So that's the thing. You're a, you're a quote unquote younger guy, but you're not really, you're kind of an old soul. You, you've been doing this for a lot of years, especially at a high level. And you're also a coach as well. You train people and you write diets, you prep people, you do the whole nine yards and you've been doing that for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Since I got my, certification my, my license i can legally you know write diets for people um i mean i've been helping with people's nutrition advice for years but once i got my my license i you know got more involved yeah part-time work and and you're someone that you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow a whole bunch of sunshine up your ass for the next 30 seconds so you're somebody that i like to i like to have give another take on this because as everyone knows i'm half bro i i read research I apply a lot of things in the trenches to see if the research actually matches. I like to think outside of the box with stuff we don't have research on. And when it comes to foods and supplements, I mean, we have a supplement company, obviously that's what the podcast is based on. It's nice to have someone that's been through school and you can look at this through a totally different lens. Um, what made you decide that you wanted to become and RD, was there anything specific or was it your love of, of nutrition and bodybuilding? Um, so it was 2015. I, I was living out in Colorado at the time and I was doing an, an electrical apprenticeship thinking I really wanted to do that. I grew up in construction my whole life. Right. And I got really involved in working out. I was doing more bodybuilding style training and then just realized how much nutrition can affect like how your physique looks and how you perform. Um, so then later that year, I just moved back here to Missouri to go to Missouri state. And then ever since then, just, yeah, fell in love with it. 
Yeah. And you and I write the kickstart plans that are on the website together. So basically people get um, a workout plan, a whole supplementation schedule, but the diets are very important. I'll put together the macros and the split and how I want these people to do it. And you actually take it and you base it off the foods they want to eat. And you write a very specific nutrition plan, essentially prescribing foods because you're a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, do I write it down to the gram. I mean, per meal or what they want to do per meal or for the total day or whatever. Uh, I just yeah. choose the foods that they enjoy eating and, and use that to build, build the plan. And that that's a step a lot of coaches like myself will skip over. I don't, um, I, I make sure that people have macros, but I don't prescribe their exact foods because I'm not a registered dietitian. So I have a lot of respect for that. So that just kind of frames for those of you that, that aren't aware of Jacob and the depth of knowledge that he has, it kind of frames this show. And real quick, before we get into these four questions, is there anything new or cool that you've learned this week? Um, so something cool that I learned, I, I don't know how I didn't know this, but uh, mushrooms are actually one of the only plants that are high in vitamin D. I know it's completely random, but, yeah. <laughs> um, so most, when you think of vitamin D, you think of like animal products are going to be high in vitamin D3 and then vitamin D2 is added. It's fortified in some foods like soy milk and all the non-dairy milks and stuff like that. Um, but mushrooms actually contain vitamin D2. So D2 is not as, it's not as good as D3 but it still provides enough benefit to help increase your vitamin D levels in the body. D, D3 is superior, but D2 is still good. So for, for those who are like vegan or vegetarian, you know, it's a good option if you're not supplementing. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, that's not something I knew. I like mushrooms. Um, yeah. They're pretty, like you can eat a lot of them for very low calories as far as, you know, they're essentially vegetables, right? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're delicious. I mean, Kind of low calorie unless you start frying them in butter and stuff. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's a cool little tidbit, kind of nerdy, which is which is I like that. So, yeah. um, the only new thing that I have is I've been running all over the place, you know, grabbing supplements and stuff like that. But we did drop. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it here. Our brand new blended protein. It's apple pie a la mode, and it is absolutely nuts. It actually broke our sales record for the first week. Yesterday was our first week. We broke our protein sales record for just a protein item. And it's good. It's seasonal, but I think we may have to keep this one around because they did a really good job of putting that one together. So that's really the only new thing. But you and I have been tasting samples of all kinds of stuff lately. We have another whey protein isolate in the works. We just pulled the trigger on two new supplements that will be out. They should be out the Monday of Thanksgiving. We're going to drop a special there. One's a new EAA flavor, and the other one's a new bulletproof non-stem pre-workout flavor, which I'll send you the label because Leslie just finished it. And that one we're pretty excited about. It's a whole all new flavor. We don't have it with anything else. So that's just kind of you know some housekeeping stuff with us. But let's get into these questions. This will be fun. This first one is a two-parter. And the first part, the question is, John, I saw your post about elite tracking the other day. Can you give your stance on tracking macros per meal or your stance on tracking macros per day? And what are the drawbacks on that? So obviously we, we both answer this. Um, elite tracking, for those that don't understand, I've talked a lot about that really because I started to get kind of aggravated with some of my clients because 
they want to step on stage and they weren't getting the results they wanted. And when I found out their tracking wasn't what I call elite tracking, it was kind of eyeballing, it was eating out a lot and just trying to track and hit your macros. And to me, elite tracking is for people that want to compete and get on stage. Like you just have to use elite tracking. Now, if you're someone that is just trying to drop 20 pounds, can you have a little bit more room for error? Sure. Should you eat like a bodybuilder? If you're gen pop, probably not because it can cause some issues with food. So elite tracking is tracking every tiny little thing that you put in your body. Um, so going back to the question, can we give our stance on tracking macros per meal or just total macros per day? I'll, I'll kind of start this off. I'm a big believer in if people plan out their macros per meal, they're going to get closer to their macros per day. So, you know, if I've got a client that's eating 200 protein, 200 carbs, 60 fats, and I break that into say five meals for them, right? Real easy. If they will plan those meals out that way, they're going to have one, a plan for the day. Um, Two, they're not just going to be eating and trying to randomly hit those macros as they eat whatever they want. And then at the end of the day, they're playing catch up or worst case is they've already eaten their allotment for say fats at like one o'clock mm -hmm. in the afternoon. And now they can't eat anything. Well, what happens? They're going to go off their plan and they're going to fuck it up. So I'm, I'm a big, big proponent of hitting your macros per meal, but there's all kinds of different ways to do that. It doesn't mean it's right. Jacob, what's, what's your take on it? Well, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Basically, like a lot of people will end up eating so much too soon and then they're left the rest of the day, you know, with very little macros left and they're going to end up eating, overeating. Um, as far as like spreading out your macros, I mean, like you're saying with protein synthesis, like you want to spread out your protein evenly throughout the day. That way you're, you know, you're spiking muscle protein synthesis for the meals. You don't want to have a meal of like, you know, 10 or 15 grams of protein and then like a meal of like 80, you want to spread it out evenly. Um, and that's specifically for, I mean, for competitive bodybuilders, I mean, like you're saying, if you're gen pop, I think as long as you're hitting your daily macros, that's, that, that's the most important thing. But for, for competitors, I mean, you need to have that consistency and have that structure in order. To, I mean, it takes a lot of stress off yourself too, you know? Yes. that's one of the biggest things. Like if you're, if you're stressed out trying to figure out your macros, what you're trying to eat the rest of the day, that's just a lot of unnecessarily unnecessary stress on your body. That, I, that you I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So you brought up a very good point and we're going to drill down on this for a second. We're going to get a little nerdy. So this might be off in the weeds for some people, but I, I don't think so. You talk about spreading out your protein feedings. That's extremely important because if that person that's eating 200 protein per day, if you break that into um, five meals of 40 protein each, right? That's going to be a consistent spike in protein synthesis muscle. You're turning on muscle growth when you take protein in. There's been studies out there done that multiple feedings of protein, multiple spikes in muscle growth, protein synthesis is far superior than two very large spikes because you can only, you basically max out what you get. So if you're a guy and you're eating 40 grams of protein, you're going to max out that synthetic response, right? You're going to max that out. If you eat 10, you're not really going to do much. If you eat 80, mm -hmm. you're not really going to do much more. It, it really not, no more. Not much more than the 40. Exactly. Yeah. So what's happening is you're actually missing out on those crucial spikes throughout the day. And 
you know, the research has shown that, you know, four to five feedings a day of enough protein is actually about right. I've got clients that eat six. That's totally fine. You don't need to eat 10. You don't need to do more. Four to five to six, somewhere in that range. That's a very important. So you're somebody as a professional athlete and a bodybuilder that makes consistent progress. Do you stick to that same thing year round? Is it just during prep? Because I know there are people that tend to slack off a little bit in the off season. What's, what's your approach? In my off season, I at least hit my protein goal per meal. Um, as far as like my, my fats and carbs, I'll move those around a little bit. Definitely like pre and post workout, they stay the same. But I mean, if I want to have a, a bigger carb meal early in the morning, like say on my heart, my high carb day, I'll start eating more carbs like first thing in the morning opposed to in the evening. Right. I feel good during my training. Um, but definitely during prep, it's like to a T like, so. Yeah. And, and you brought up another great point that it takes a lot of stress off your plate. So I had a conversation with a client. It was, let's see. Yeah. Yesterday it was Monday. It was check-ins. I said, Hey, listen to me. You're so stressed out because you're just running ragged, trying to track your food. I need you to plan your meals out the night before and you have your food either with you or you know what you're going to eat at home. If you're trying to figure it out as you go, you're stressing yourself out because she talks about how much she hates trying to track her macros. And I said, well, it's because you're trying to track something that's just all over the place. There's nothing wrong with putting your food in Tupperware and prepping two or three days in a row. It relieves that stress. It makes it to where it's bulletproof. So at the end of the day, I think that's, that's a really good point that you brought up. And so here's the second part of the question. And this, I'm really excited to kind of get your take on. Um, the second part is, do you limit any foods when someone is dieting? And if so, what are they possibly? And what are the reasons why? So being a registered dietitian, nutrition labels to me have always been kind of a fascinating thing. So there's a variance, right? Like it, if there's a gray food, like say a Twinkie, right? Or a Pop-Tart and you're a Pop-Tart eating guy. Cause like you're always eating them. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving you a hard time because you eat them and then you go work out right on that label though, on a nutrition label for something like a Pop-Tart versus like what's in a sweet potato, for example, or, or white rice, there's some kind of a level of variance that companies can have when they put something together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's like a 5% up to 5% variance um, in the label. So, I mean, as long as you're consistent with it, it shouldn't make a big difference. You know, if you get the same thing consistently, then it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a big, a big difference. The, the one place where I do start to worry about it are those gray foods to where mm -hmm. if people are just <clears throat> eating a ton of that and yeah. they're trying to eat out. So that, that's the one thing when someone's dieting for a show, I tell them don't eat out. Unless it's an, a freaking emergency, your car's broke down and you're at a gas station, you got to get subway, like that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're eating out, that's the other thing. Those, the nutritional labels that go with like a 12 inch sub or six inch sub or what have you, the person working there doesn't know exactly how much stuff to put on. They're just making mm -hmm. this sandwich and sending it off to you. So there's that level of variance there to where. You know, even on the gray foods, if it's 5%, if you're someone that's eating that stuff five times a day, you just don't know what you're getting. It doesn't mean you're getting more or less. You just don't know exactly. So if you're not making progress, that's where I do like to cut that kind of stuff out. 
but you're someone that's used flexible dieting and and when you're when you're prepping you've baked in food like that and had zero problems correct oh yeah i mean as long as it has a nutrition label i i'll i'll recommend it like i'll eat it um it's like for example even if i wanted cinnamon rolls like you, you can look at a nutrition label of cinnamon rolls it's like one roll is like four and a half fat 24 of carbs and like a couple protein that's cool you can count that if you go to Hertz and get a cinnamon roll, that's the size of a dinner plate. You know, you can't really figure out how much, you know what I mean? You don't know how many calories are in that. You know, there's a lot, but you don't know exactly how much. So as long as you can count it, in my opinion, I think it's fine. As long as you're just not eating junk food all the time. Well, you knew that cinnamon roll number to the T too, didn't you? I eat them all the time. <laughs> I have four <laughs> tubes in my, my fridge right now. I, I love cinnamon rolls. Oh, but it's, it's just stuff like that though. Like if, if that's going to help you stay on track and curb that sweet tooth then why not, you know, eat it and then just, you know, start eating more nutritious foods afterwards. And, and that's probably the final thing that we need to touch on. Then we'll move on to these last two questions. At the end of the day, if someone, I hear a lot of, it's still old school. Like a lot of old school coaches say, well, there's sugar in that you can't eat sugar and diet. Right. So like that's, that's a huge myth. That's obviously been proved wrong in the last 10, 15 years. We even did the research with that. I got to write the diets. Um, for a refeed study and people were able to eat the foods they wanted. So it, it, we didn't see any, any issues there with that. Um, but if you're gen pop, if you're, if you're not someone that's going to get on stage and you do want to eat out and try and track your food, as long as you're making progress, that's totally fine. It's just something to where if you need to eat gray area foods, pop tarts, cinnamon rolls, whatever, and it helps you stick to your plan and your gen pop, ultimately that's, they may not be the healthiest foods, but let me tell you what's unhealthy is when you try and just eat chicken and rice for 12 weeks straight. And then you have this massive eating disorder and you binge eat on the weekends or a couple of days a week, that's unhealthy. So it's, it's, to me, it's all about, it's all about a balance. If that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I agree hundred percent. Okay. Um, two more questions here. I like this one. The holidays are coming up. We're recording this. It's October 18th. Probably just going to upload this right after we d- we're done recording. So we've got Thanksgiving coming up, you know, Christmas, New Year's, all that stuff. And I talk about this quite a bit on social media. Um, so I think a podcast is a good place to talk a little bit about it. The holidays are coming up and I always end up gaining some weight during this time frame. I want to at least maintain what are some tips that you can give to help people make it through. So this is something I think back in like 2013, I started to develop a way for people to deplete a little bit headed into like a big holiday event. So uh, Thanksgiving, typically, I don't know how many Thanksgivings are you going to? Do you go to multiple Thanksgivings? Um, at least two, I would say every year. We, we've always had, you know, I've got boys with, with two moms and you know, we're trying to shuffle everybody around and, you know, two or three at least. And so typically by the time you get to the third one, my fat ass is I've gained some weight, right? So <laughs> I try to develop this way. Well, what if I depleted a little bit? Because that's what we do in bodybuilding for peak week. You deplete for a few days and then you carb load. You're not really gaining fat. So essentially the basis for what I'm about to say is your muscles, your muscles are almost like like a gas tank, right? If you deplete the gas down to low, very, very low, you can fill it back up with gas, which is carbs, right? 
So every year I send my clients the same check-in. I said, hey, here's what I want you to do leading up to your Thanksgiving dinners that you're going to go to in events. Because sometimes it's it's spread out over two or three days. So what I tell people is training the higher, first thing is training the higher rep ranges, 20 to 30 reps. What that's going to do is that's going to deplete your muscle cells. It's going to leave room to when you do eat a bunch of extra carbs and fats, it's going to be able to store in the muscle. But if you keep eating your normal calories and you just keep training normal, when you go have all this extra food, some of it's going to start to store in the fat cell because you haven't made room. So training the higher rep ranges, and I, I, I tell them to drop your carbs in half just for two or three days. It's not anything that's going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you to drop your, your carbs down. So for me, I'll drop down and I'll have carbs before and after my workout only, maybe 50 pre and 50 post. And I'll train the high rep ranges and boom, I'm starting to plete all these carbs. So then when I go eat my Thanksgiving dinner, I can, I can load up and I'm not really too worried about it. It's, it's essentially becoming a carb load. So that's the little things that I like to recommend to my clients. And I've gotten some shit over the years, people saying, you're making this too complicated. Just let your clients go eat whatever they want. And that works. The only problem is they're mentally upset the week after when they've gained four pounds or three pounds mm -hmm. or fucking eight pounds, because I've seen that before, because if mm -hmm. Some people like structure. So just because it doesn't work for you, bro, and you, and you say, well, just let them go eat. I have to deal with the aftermath. And then we got to try and get that shit off. And then the next thing you know, Christmas is here and then New Year's is here. So that's what I've done to essentially make it through. Do you have any tips or anything when it comes to maybe foods they can eat or anything from your end? Yeah. So one thing I do, I even do it. Like, say, if I'm just going to go out to eat with like a family member, or like my girlfriend or something, I'll just set aside some calories and save them for when I go out to eat. Same thing for the holidays. So if I know I'm going to go eat a big Thanksgiving dinner later that, later that day, you know, I'll, I'll hold off on eating some fats earlier in the morning. I eat most of my fats with breakfast, you know, so say I'll hold off 20 fats and I'll save that just for that evening when I eat, you know, some mashed potatoes and what else. Um, th that's one of the easiest ways. I think, I mean, what you said about working out and depleting your glycogen levels, for a couple of days, that's, I mean, that's perfect. Um, I've, I've done it before. Like I've used that same protocol that you've said, I've used it for many years and it works. Um, but just, just planning ahead, um, as far as like traveling. So traveling is always hard because yeah. you know, you're limited on your options. Like say, if you're at the airport, try to go for those good protein options that are lower in fat. So whether it's like a jerky stick or like a protein shake or something like that, or even pack your own protein shakes. I mean, you can, you can pack a whole tub of protein on a plane. Like they won't do anything about it. Um, so little things like that can help make a big difference. Yeah. And I think too, if you have the ability to work out that, so if, like, if you have a, a lunch Thanksgiving meal, right. And you're not traveling or you have access to a gym, there's nothing wrong with getting up in the morning and just doing a high rep workout, just like a quick me and my son Jay have done this for many years. Like we'll do a real quick high rep 20 minute workout, just deplete glycogen and mm -hmm. then we'll eat. And it, we make sure it doesn't get in the way of the day stuff. So like we set aside our personal time, it's not, you know, the way of family. And we do this quick high rep workout. Usually it's upper body. Cause I hate training legs. So God, <laughs> God forbid. And we'll do like this high rep circuit workout for 20 minutes. And then, and then we're good. And then we go eat. And I, I can't tell you the last time I've gained weight during Thanksgiving. I just haven't. I weigh the exact same 
And a lot of that also comes down to, and, and like I said, you've been doing this for a long time. You're not the type of person that's just going to go stuff yourself sick because you've been eating like a bodybuilder for so long. Like you don't have that, that craving when you look at foods, I'm sure, because you basically just eat the kind of things you want. There's probably a lot to be said about just when you go eat, don't stuff yourself sick. Like, I think really that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, just get a little bit of everything, you know, portion control and then see what you like. And if you, if you like a certain ingredient or a certain dish more, you go back for seconds for that one. Don't like fill your whole plate as a mountain and eat all that and go back for more, you know, just try to limit yourself and see what you like. Uh, And then always save room for pie. You know, you always, you always got to have the pie. I'm, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there. Like you said about, about working out in the morning, even if you don't have access for a gym or anything, you can do body weight stuff, go for a walk, go for a run, you know, like go for a walk with your family. If if they, if they like to do that, just do something to to stay active and then burn a little bit of calories for later in the day. I think going for a walk right after you're done eating is not a bad thing. You're with family, grab, grab a family member, be like, Hey, let's go for a walk around the block, catch up. And it kind of, it helps with insulin sensitivity. It helps move the food a little bit. It helps get things going. You don't have to go out and run. Just go for no, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just get the digestive going and then yeah. go from there. And then finally, we we carry a glucose disposal agent, a GDA. And you can take that and that helps keep, helps shuttle the blood sugar into the muscles faster. It helps keep insulin lower. You're going to feel a lot better if you take a GDA. So we carry that as well. Uh, but we're not in here to sell supplements, but that's one of the reasons why we carry it is because it works with free meals and cheap meals and stuff really, really well. in that situation, just take a full serving of GDA, um, man, now I'm hungry. Now I'm ready for Thanksgiving to come. And then here's this last question. This is one I haven't talked a lot about though. I do know I have my favorite pre-workout food. Here's the question and tell me what you think of this. Do you feel there are superior carbs to have around the workouts? And, and I'm going to change that to before the workout. Um, and then we'll talk about after the workout. So let's start with before the workout. Do you feel there are superior carbs to have before you work out? And if so, what, what would you recommend to people? So I would recommend something that's going to settle on your stomach well and digest easy. So in, in my opinion, like rice products, I digest rice products super, super quick feel great. So like rice checks or, um, like even rice cakes, I eat those for, for years during like my preps. Um, and it settles well and it doesn't make me feel bloated. You want to like avoid fiber because fiber is going to take longer to digest. It's not going to spike, spike your blood sugar as much as like a more simple carbohydrate will. Yeah. I think, um, I think things like rice cakes are are a really good addition. Mm -hmm. Um, any kind of white rice, I'm a fan of white potatoes, but not with the skins because exactly for what you said, like a lot of that fibers in the skin, but like instant, it, there's still fiber in it. Right. But instant white potatoes, they, for me, they digest really well. They're super high in potassium, which is, which is very important before you train. So if you have uh, and vitamin C they're high in vitamin C too. So if you have like instant mashed potatoes about an hour before you train seems to be about right for me. And you put some salt on there. Now you've got salt and potassium and the electrolytes that you need to have good contractions and pumps in the gym um, and, and have good workouts. So that works really well for me. We'll skip over intra workout because I know, you know, we're real big on drinking carbs. We have a, a performance fuel products, what's called. We'll skip over that and save that for another episode. A lot of people. Oh, go ahead. 
I'm not going to lie though. So I have been, <laughs> my go-to pre-workout has been pop tarts for the past, like eight months, probably. Right. Um, like the confetti flavored po- or the birthday cake flavored pop tarts. I mean, they digest really quickly and it's a lot of, it's like 75 carbs in two pop tarts. So and, one easy way to get them in. And that's that to me, that's an important point, right? Because for some people, they, dude, if I eat Pop-Tarts or if I eat bread, for some reason, I just get like a bloated feeling in my stomach. And that's just, we all digest foods a little bit differently, even though they're fast digesting, I still feel heavy. Like, I feel like I'm holding a bunch of water in my stomach and then all of a sudden it just releases to where you feel really good on it. And I used to eat a lot of Pop-Tarts. So I think what it comes down to is people need to know what they, they don't feel full and bloated on. Right. During the workout. Um, and I think that's a really good point now to post workout and that that'll end, this will kind of end the show for us. A lot of people really stress out about post-workout carbs and we're not going to go in there and talk about all the companies that promote products that you have to have after your workout with a shake and stuff like that. Like we're not, we, you don't have to worry about that. To me, there's there's one thing that's king, and that's whey protein, some kind of a whey protein. Even whey protein with casein is fine. The studies are out there to show, but protein powder after your workout is key because it turns on muscle growth, which is what you want. From a carb perspective, is there a lot of people think they need to have the right carb after they work out? What are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I was still trying to get something that's giving me a little bit quicker digesting. You don't want to have like something that's super fibrous. But like, for example, my go-to post-workout is 70 grams of rice checks, fair life chocolate milk, and then a protein shake. I mean, it's not super high in volume because I'll eat dinner like probably an hour, hour and a half after that. Um, and it settles well in my stomach again. I, I just love rice products. Um, but there's no need to stress about that most ideal, you know, post-workout. As long as you're getting carbs, you're having your protein in, that's going to be the biggest, biggest, well, most important thing. You know, just don't be skipping that meal. Yeah. You, you don't want to have car carbs. Don't, uh, uh, fibrous carbs. They don't replenish glycogen. They don't fuel the process of protein synthesis and growth like regular carbs do rice checks. Will potatoes will bread will, it doesn't really matter. Um, broccoli, not really like it's not, it's just going to sit in your stomach heavy. So, um, you, you know, obviously like we said, whey protein powder over a chicken breast, chicken breast is going to take hours and hours and hours to turn that on. So, to me, I've always told my clients, have some kind of whey protein and eat the carbs that you like and you're good. And if you do eat a fast digesting carb, like you said, the rice checks, you're eating an hour, an hour later anyway. So what's happening is, is now that meal is fueling the process even more. I made a post about this the other day. So if you do have fast digesting carbs, just turn on eat your next meal when you're hungry again, that's going to help continue to fuel everything. So I guess our message is, don't really worry too much about it. Just make sure that you're getting it in. And yeah, or some days I'll have fruit. Like I'll have a shake and like a banana or I'll make some kind of fruit smoothie with Greek yogurt and then I'll have a shake. It's just, and I'll add like extra other carbs to it. Yeah. Just something to help fill you up for a while. Hold you up. And, and a lot of people for years have said, Oh, you're not supposed to have fruit after the workout. It's still 50%. Like sure. It fills up the liver some, but so do the other carbs that you eat. And it's still, it's still almost like a 45, 55 split or whatever it is. Um, you're still filling out glycogen stores with it as well. Plus the other food that you're eating, plus what's in your bloodstream. Like pe- people need to just 
have the food that they want, not worry too much about it. So mm-hmm. that's it. We should probably do a whole episode on, on the different types of carbs. I think fruit's one that a lot of people uh, misunderstand quite a bit. And I think, I think that'll be a fun one. So man, this has been a fun episode. We're going to have some more stuff lined up. We've got guests. We've got a whole bunch of fat muscle coaches to have on. Um, If you guys have questions, send them my email, Jacob's email. Both of our emails are in the show notes. You guys can pull that up. I did forget to say, now that we're at the end, leave reviews because we're going to give away a $200 Fat Muscle Project gift card. You just go on our website. Jacob will send it to you. We're going to announce the winner sometime here in November, so coming up real soon. Make sure you go right now. Just stop wherever you're listening. Click uh, click the stars. Leave a review. And then if you would, whenever you if, if you would, send that to us on social and, and tag us so we can see that. But we're going to go pick a winner. We'll probably do the, the, the wheel that you always use to announce the winners of our, like, of our, our gift cards and we'll announce that winner. Um, but make sure that you leave reviews and tell a friend and we really appreciate it. So we need to get back to work, man. We've got supplements to pack up. You do. I've got yeah, other stuff rolling in. Yeah. Everything's rolling in. So it was a good fun episode. Just hit us up with any questions that you guys have guests that you want to have on and we will get it featured for myself and Jacob. We're out of here. See you guys. See ya.